very sentimental person. This has been a real deep podcast. I didn't mean it to be so. <laughs> the deaf is stolen. That was not funny. Oh! <laughs> it's the traditional hero arc. You want to see them struggle? There's no heroes here. No, no, Come no. On. No, no, no. And I still think to this day that they probably are still, you know, thrusting no. around the dark. Oh, no, so I think And I, I still think do. No, don't. Now that you've finished go-go dancing, are you done? Okay, now I'm done. <laughs> Hello, everybody. How are we? <laughs> this is Paul here speaking, and this is Considered and Conceited, and with me go-go dancing all the way in is... Can I ask a question? Oh. <laughs> I know you get pleasure out of <laughs> kicking no, the wheels off my cart, no, no, but gonna... <laughs> seriously, there are people who are listening for the first fucking time, and they would like to know who the fuck you are. You said the F word. <laughs> I, I know, Tom will yell at me. Now, can you introduce yourself for the fucking third time, please? I'm Pip, but the thing is, <sighs> just a question. I just want to know your opinion on this. Oh, I'll have an opinion. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the topic is, I will have so, an opinion. Say, hi, this is Paul speaking. Um, when you can just go, hi, this is Paul. Um, do you find it weird? Saying speaking afterwards. Strangely enough, it's just the pattern I've fallen into. Because I was answering the phone the other day and one of the girls said, why don't you say Pip speaking? And I went, because I just go, oh, hi, it's Pip. You wait for the other person to introduce themselves. No, I say, hi, it's Pip. I don't say, hi, this is Pip speaking. I just say, what the fuck you Because, I mean, they're going to know what I'm, <laughs> that I'm speaking because they can hear my voice. Uh, just, how's... just something to think about for next week. I don't think about things like that. I bet you next know... week you do. And you bet you drive in your truck and you listen to this and you go, oh my gosh, Pip's got a, you know, she's right. Oh my gosh. I will never think that. (laughs) Not out loud anyway. (laughs) Hi, Paul. How was your week? Uh, It was great. This is my second week of holidays and back to work on Monday. (laughs) Get in the truck. Toot, toot, (laughs) motherfuckers. Here we go. Um, I'll just drive through puddles and splash people <laughs> in my passive-aggressive rage. <laughs> I've been really jealous, but now I'm kind of – I'm sad for you, but I'm kind of giggling too. <laughs> no, you, you're not sad for me. I know you. I know you. you there's not a, there is not an ounce of sadness in your body for me. <laughs> I'm glad you've enjoyed your time off. Oh. I want a time off, but I'm glad you've enjoyed your time off. How's that? It'd be fine if you meant a single word of it. I do. No, you do not. I mean, I mean that I really want some time off. Anyway. Right. <laughs> now, normally I say, because we've said time about three times and I usually use it as an excuse to go to Pick of the Week. But this week I'm going to forego the Pick of the Week anthem and I'm just going to play the podcast that I want to talk about intro. I'm listening. Here we go. Most servicemen and women are brave, but there is something special about holders of the Victoria Cross. They are modest men who, above all else, want to appear ordinary. But they are, of course, nothing of the sort. 
Many things have changed the face of warfare, but the nature of human bravery and raw courage remains as impressive now as it ever was. And that's the intro. And the, the podcast. It doesn't actually say the title of the podcast. No, I know because the, 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 you don't have to have the name of the title inside the intro. And you know why? Because people have already pressed the button. <laughs> <laughs> they already know what they're about to listen to. What they don't know is whether it's any good or not. So, Paul, for mm. everyone listening at home. Okay. Now, obviously, people are hearing battle in the background. They're going, oh, this is one of his. Here we go. <laughs> It is one of mine. It is, in, it is in particular, it is mine. This is my new podcast that I am putting up for the first time. I only just launched the first episode this week and it will only, it'll take about two weeks probably to get each episode out because God help me, it's intensive. Well, you have to research it yourself. I do. You're, I do it all. <laughs> you're talking by yourself. Yes. And the, the longest part of it takes to record because I'm, I'm quite comfortable freewheeling and you know casting aspersions back at you <laughs> that's one thing that's easy i don't have to think about that i've been doing it for 15 years but to actually read something off a piece of paper and get the tone of it and get it right the first time um on the recording cycle you just have it going doo, 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 doo. <laughs> it's like it's it's like threading spaghetti back together or turning it into some sort of like um it's like threading spaghetti into macrame or something like that. It's 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 quite complex. So <laughs> I'm learning new skills. New skills. That's good. We all need yes. to learn new skills. So Paul, what is your new podcast about? It's called the Victoria Cross. It's actually there's no the in it. It's just called Victoria Cross Podcast. If you want to do a search, you will find it only in these places at this point in time. You will find it on Stitcher. If you uh, are interested in it, you'd need to download the Stitcher app or you can go to the Facebook page. Or Wooshka. Or you can go to Wooshka and, and type there sort of thing. And what's uh, it about, Paul? It's about the Victoria Cross. Now, I, I know we have a lot of American listeners and they would be going, the Victoria what? And what it is, is it's the, the, the British Empire's version of the uh, Congressional Medal of Honour. It's the highest award for the British Empire. And they do not give these things out easily. You just about have to die to get one. <laughs> Quite literally, you have to die. It's more often than not, they get them posthumously than, than when they actually survive. Very few people, there's three in fact, that actually have had two given to them. Okay. Yep. Now, what I do is I get a story. I, I get the story because how they get them is always a remarkable story. Um, and I also have a look at the conflict. So if you're a bit of a military head or you like a bit of history sort of thing, I'm not going to go in stodgy order or anything like that. I'm just going to zip around and just touch in because it's like 1,300 of them. So I'll be doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> no, I mean that. It'll take the rest of my life to do it. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a life work. It's going to be a life well, work. Well, that's good. 
good to have a goal and something to work towards. (laughs) Because these things, podcasts kind of get a hold of you. Once you start them, like after you get after the first, after you get past number 10, you're kind of locked in because then you've got your small little group of people who are listening. Um, and like I've already got like the Imperial War Museum in England, they're already listening, and and a few others. And I have they like it? They're, yeah, they're they're very happy with it. But the important thing is, the very first one I started was is <laughs> a bit of a story of this one, if I may. Go if you like. All right, I've got a friend. Right, he took me. You've got a friend. I've, yes, it's true. I do. <laughs> when I was in the army, when I was a young whippersnapper of a soldier, um, and I was just learning how to be a soldier. After we came out of basic training, uh, I went and our first sergeant uh, who started teaching us our, our core trade, uh, which was for me, stores, um, he was an incredibly aggressive, warry kind of uh, sergeant who was also exceptionally funny, very mercurial kind of personality. And of course, because he's mercurial, I immediately took to him. And we became fast friends, although it's very difficult for a sergeant and a recruit to become friends. We became friends as much as we were able to, you know what I mean, sort of thing. So um, very enthusiastic, you know, uh, massively charismatic kind of character. And his name, his last name was O'Connor. I won't give his first name out. Uh, But we still stay in touch. Oh, Okay, well, first, no, we still stay in touch, right? And um, there's only two people from the army, well, three people from the army actually still stay in touch with my RSM and him and uh, another chap that kind of found me on Facebook and, and I haven't... <laughs> stalked and, you. And, well, no, but I, like I've had a few army mates, but I'm very left-wing and most army people are, end up becoming quite right-wing and conservative very, very quickly. And so I tend to offend them at a fairly quick rate with some of the stuff I put up. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so anyway, um, I said to him, said, look, you know, Tim, what what have you got? Um, oh, I know it was deliberate. Um, <laughs> what... What stories do you know about the Victoria Cross? Is there anyone that stands out? Do you have a um, Victoria Cross story that you could tell me? And he said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. His great-great-uncle, direct line, like his bro- his, the brother of his father, is the first soldier, enlisted soldier, to be awarded the Victoria Cross. In our country or... No, in England, in the Crimean War, when it first came out. He was the first. He was like literally ground zero. And you could not ask for a more, um, you know, serendipitous kind of connection sort of thing. And so he was the perfect soldier to start with. And, um, yeah, look... So, yeah, he did some extraordinary stuff. He basically got shot in the chest by a musket ball and then picked up the colours and then ran like 400 metres up this like steep hill, you know, at the head of the column to, to take this redoubt sort of thing, you know, with a musket ball in the middle of his chest. You know, As you she, do. She'll be right, you know. <laughs> he got up to the top and, you know, playing to the flag. And then the second time, like he didn't get it just for that because, you know, as I said, it's a very difficult thing to win. So the second time, 
was in a similar situation where they had to take this, um, they call it a redoubt. It's like a whole lot of cannons surrounded by troops who are defending um, the artillery. And it's usually at the top of a hill, a very steep hill. And it juts out from the front sort of thing. And he got shot in both thighs. Now imagine having a bullet in both thighs and then running to the top of a hill. Yeah, no. Yes. <laughs> that's the kind of person who wins a Victoria Cross. Right. And so that's what I mean. Like, they're extraordinary stories and I just love them. And, like, what I try and do is I put them in context with the battle rather than just the story itself because usually the story, as I just said, I, you can tell it in about three minutes. Mm. But when you put it into context with everything else that's going on and usually it's massive incompetence that's going on and you just see this shining light of brilliance from this one person who usually isn't even an officer, um, it's just it, it just makes for astonishing listening. But the thing is, without my amazing voice across from you, is no, it well, as good? <laughs> I can't put in the jokes because there's a lot of people who are very funny about this sort of stuff, you know. It's... You know, it's like Northerners making jokes about Southerners, you know, soldiers and stuff like that. It doesn't go well. And because I'm Australian, there's only so much I can say about the English, you know, <laughs> which is, to be fair, a fair bit. <laughs> but the Victoria Cross is for everybody. It's, like, it's not just the English. It's for Irish, English, um, Australians. New Zealand. N- New Zealanders, Canadians. Nepalese. The next oh, yeah. next week, I'm doing a Gurkha from Nepal. Okay. So yeah, he, you know, he basically assaulted about seven machine gun nests all on his own, as you do. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so this is your new podcast. Oh, that was that was after he'd already had a grenade thrown and blown up in his chest. Yeah, maybe it's the fact that they think they're gonna die. They just go, bugger it, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> I think that they don't actually feel the wounds. That, I, I think they're so charged up half the time and they don't realise. Oh, it's adrenaline, like, yeah. It's like you watch, you know, um, you, you watch uh, like um, Saving Private Ryan. Remember that guy who's looking around for his arm on the Normandy Beach? Yes, yes. That, that small little um, snippet? No, I remember that, yep. That was very clear. It wasn't screaming. As a person who's just lost their arm should be. No. He was so charged up on the adrenaline. He, there's plenty of screaming left later. Oh, no, it was shot very yeah, – that film right. was shot very appropriately and that's, well. That's right. Yeah. And, and the human body sometimes does that, and I think – and these are extraordinary people. And sometimes just fate, I think, reaches out and touches some people with a special eye. Okay. I'm believing in fate tonight, all right? <laughs> Normally I like look at the wall through dark, nihilistic – so but tonight I'm feeling <laughs> there must be a god, but <laughs> no, not quite. Gosh, this is going to be deep. Um, so that is Paul's new podcast without me, um, Victoria oh. Victoria Cross podcast, which I wouldn't be good at in any way. Do you know what? What? You're more than welcome to make no, guest appearances. No, I reckon I would suck at it because I'd just be there going, oh. oh, really, Paul? Oh, wow, that's amazing. Oh, my gosh, that would suck so much. Uh, let me get 10 episodes. <laughs> I just totally bring it down. Let me get 10 episodes under my belt and get a huge following and then I'll bring you on and just watch <laughs> no. it just dribble away. No, Just no, like no. it does for this podcast. <laughs> I would just ruin it. We'll just move it to Wooshka, shall we? <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> 
ladies and gentlemen, we used to get like, no, seriously, we used to get like 400 downloads a week. We used to get like 400 downloads. We're doing well. We're well on track like most podcasts. Then we moved to Wooshka and I think there's about 25 of you left. <laughs> so you guys, we love, we love you. you. Now, do your stuff. Go out there and tell other people about it for Christ's sake. <laughs> we need to get the numbers well, people up. People just went, oh my gosh, that was awful. We're not listening to that again. <laughs> No, no, these are our rusted on uh, listeners, I'm sure of it. Because uh, let, let's face it, the emotional journey we've all gone through now, they'd have to be. <laughs> we haven't spoken about any movies yet. Nobody will be listening to this episode. Oh, just, <laughs> they just love to listen to our dulcet tones just waffling on. That's oh, your narcissism <laughs> That's my out. narcissism, yes. <laughs> okay, what movie are we doing, Pip? Um, so I put up for my mum... Um, oh. <laughs> We're doing that one, are we? Okay. The Dressmaker, which I is a 20, have, 2015 film. I had to peer because I don't have my glasses and I'll bug it if I know where they are. But anyway, all right, The Dressmaker. Pip, now you're going to love this because things are going to be a little bit different from how we normally do this. You know, you should tell me that before you press the record button. I'm just going to hit the button and then I'm just going to direct you. I'm not going to touch anything. Wait, just point at me. I'm just going to point at oh, you. God, I hate you, that. No, trust me. My inner self... Pip doesn't like that. Trust me. Pip. Trust, trust <laughs> How much do you trust a man who says, trust me? Well, if it's me, you should, you should buy that by now, you should know. None. <laughs> to the bone, Pip. Um, can I have a no. synopsis? Go on, press the button. Oh God. See what I'm up against, ladies and gentlemen? Here we go. dressmaker who was sent away when she was a child returns to her rural town in Australia to find answers from the past she doesn't remember and break the curse causing her unhappiness. Oh. Look mum, no hands. I did notice that. Did you like all that? <laughs> yes, because you're going, ha <laughs> And did you hear it fade out by itself? Whoa. Whoa. Am I getting good or what? <laughs> Oh, oh, I just dislocated my shoulder. A, I'm just taking a moment for myself. <laughs> <laughs> praise right. me, praise me. <laughs> See, other people would just let that sort of thing slide, but not us. <laughs> it's been such a torturous kind of thing, learning these skills. But listen, this is good for you. You're learning stuff. Thank you, Pip. Thank you. <laughs> Pip, your mother, your fucking mother picked Don't this. Don't say no, the look, she put my me mom. through this crap. Come on. Do not put the no. F word before my mum. Don't do it. You're right. <laughs> I apologise, Karen. Now, can you get on with it? The Dressmaker, a 2015 Australian film that's based on the 2000 novel um, Barbara <laughs> debut movie, uh, film, wait, debut book. Now you're looking at me funny and I'm starting to panic. <laughs> can you tell? <laughs> 
I'm just coiling out the rope for you. <laughs> Go for it. Um, what did you think of it, Pip? I thought Hugo Weaving was awesome. I thought he was hilarious. Um, I thought, okay, so I was watching the film. It was fine. I had no, nothing against the film. It was actually not too bad. And then I got to... So hang on a sec. Do you think it's just fine or did you really enjoy it and you're just cutting your losses because you're sitting me scouring across the table at <laughs> what you? What is intimidating no, me slightly? don't be intimidated by me. <laughs> Speak your mind. What were you... What did don't you, be you, intimidated by me. Don't be intimidated by me. <laughs> I got to the point... What did when did it, you really like it or did you just like it or was it look, okay? Look, at the start of it, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, you know, not enjoying it, but, you know, it's all right. Um... And I get to the point where I feel like the movie's coming to an end and I thought, there's still like 40 minutes to go, 45 minutes to go. What is going on? Did it do a vice on you? <laughs> it's No, but I'm like, it should be coming to an It feels like it's coming to an end and I still had 45 minutes to go and it just sort of flipped off to a totally different area. Uh, I didn't feel that at all. You didn't feel it at all? I didn't feel this like... Sudden looking at me, what's going? What, what no, the hell's going? No, no, no. I felt like the fi- you're missing the point. I felt like the film was coming to an end, as in the whole film had been. Mm. And I went, oh my gosh, there's still 45 minutes to go. That's weird. So it feels like it's coming to a resolve. It's been, it's resolving itself. And then it sort of flew off on another tangent. And I went, okay, that's not been related to any other part of the film for me. Um, and it's almost like there was they put on a separate, totally different film on the end of it. Yeah. Was this film, do you think, based on any particular kind of idea or story? Is it based on realism, are you saying? No. Do you think that this was kind of... Well, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou is based on The Odyssey, for example. Do you think that this was based on any particular archetypal story? Um, I hadn't thought about it. Why, why do you think that? You part? don't think like that? Not at the moment. I don't know. <laughs> enlighten me, please. No, 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 no. I was just wondering. <laughs> no, enlighten me. You can't sort of make a statement and then say nothing. No, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Well, bugger it. Tough cookies for you. You're the one who asked me. So now I'm going to be sitting back going, regale me. I would have to probably watch it again. I get the feeling like, okay... Let's do spoilers. People know that. I, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for finally, after nearly <laughs> a fucking year, coming over to my side now. Okay. We both agreed people should watch these films. No. At, no. No. Are we agreed no. that no. people should watch the films? No. We do not agree on that. Or are we agreed that if you listen to this podcast, chances are your movie's going to be ruined? Possibly. Should we just have a blanket spoilers? Maybe retitle it. Call it considered and spoiled like fuck. No, we should just call it spoilers, tough cookies. <laughs> Deal with it. Oh, I'm sure we'd get people flocking DWI. to it. <laughs> Look, with the fire at the very end, okay, and she's laid waste to everything, I get the feeling that this reached out of a realistic movie. This was myth. There's a story there, and I can't put my mind to it just yet, but this had the feeling of myth. You had a woman who's gone away, been accused of something, and come back. This like Greek tragedy written all over it, and I can't... Oh, it was incredible tra- but, yeah, tragedy. Yeah, but I mean, there's a classic story that um, 
that was has probably already been you know audio booked by you know Stephen Fry, <laughs> and I can't for the life of me connect the story to the movie I just watched. Do you know what I'm trying to say? But I'm almost certain that there is a story, and I can't. Maybe I have to go off and and do a bit of extra research, but it's a bit beside the point now. I just get that feeling. It had a it had a quality to the movie that a lot of movies don't have. Like they they're trying to run a story, but this thing this was a story and a half. I found half in the last forty you know forty five minutes before the end. Yeah, it kind of completely changed. As in, at the start of the film, she can't even remember what's happened. She can't remember what's happened after you know her childhood that that moment. Yes. And then suddenly so she's a girl who doesn't remember her childhood. She's coming back to rediscover her childhood roots. Yes, but the thing is... And to find out that dark secret. That's what I mean. All of this, that's what I mean. All of this is like some sort of story from mythology. I'm certain of it. There's something that's so familiar in all of this. And I can't, and it's driving me crazy. I can't put my finger on it. But she couldn't remember. She's been accused of murder, yep. but no one said None anything. They just sent her away. This is not a true story. No, I know it's not a true it's story. It's a fiction. I, I'm fully aware of that, it's... Paul. But what I'm saying is. But what's the fiction? That's my point. What is it? What is the story that they've adapted for this time period I in this place? Don't, I don't know. It didn't ring any bells with me. Mm, it's driving me crazy. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Okay. I'm blaming her. No, no, but I, I maybe it's just in your head. It's been driving me nuts. For I have not noticed anything. It's been driving me nuts all week. All I noticed was I wanted to come to it myself, and I thought maybe you probably already had fully prepared on it. And I'm going to have to go off and find out and look look up things now. So you think I should know what's in your head and have prepared for it before this <sighs> podcast? Now think about that out loud. Now that you say it like that. <laughs> Um, has someone been accused of murder and sent away as a child in mythology? Oh, most of them. When? Who? Oh. Who? Oedipus? Except he marries oh, his no, mother. No, 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 no. He wasn't. And he, he doesn't murder. know. He didn't murder until he came no, back. No, I know that. I know. But, I mean, Is that's, that Oedipus? But that's Oedipus. Is it? Pronou- it's Oedipus. Oh, I pron- I've been pronouncing it's it Oedipus. It's E, not O, dear. I thought it was O. It's E. Oh, my yeah. apologies. No, that's fine. But that's what I mean. It's like no, no, that's, that's Greek not- tragedy. You no, know. I know. <laughs> but I'm saying that's not. No, no, no. I don't feel that at all. Mm. What I felt was she's gone from being someone who has just come back because she didn't know and felt lost to suddenly halfway through the film, she just went, bugger it, I'm going to totally screw everyone up and destroy this town. And everyone in the town, um, there were people in the town who were just going, oh, we're enjoying this. She's making us feel like we're beautiful and this stuff. And then suddenly they just go, evil. So, I mean, the flip for me didn't feel real. So, I just had a quick break. We've just spent an hour on that quick break. It was not an hour. Oh, it would have been close to it. It was not an hour. Thrashing out, trying to thrash out and work out exactly what it was. 20 minutes. And we th- we threw around the idea that it might have been the Iliad. Um, and when he the says burning, we, he means him. Yeah, you know, the burning of Troy. And I was trying to link it in, but I don't think so. But I think there may have been elements there. Because let's face it, when Achilles had was wounded in the, the uh, Achilles heel... Mm-hmm. And that guy, I just thought that they were throwing something out for us, and I just couldn't make it connect. Shane Bourne. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Sorry. And who else is in there as well? Shane, somebody else. 
Oh yeah, Shane Jacobson. Yeah, that's it. I was, as soon as I saw him, I was so just—I was so disheartened when he wasn't a, a great guy. You know what I mean? He was okay, but then he failed at critical points. Well, that's because his character was meant for. That. I know, I know, I know. But I mean, you just expect him to come through as because <laughs> he's hero. been in so many great yeah, films. I know, yeah, yeah, I know. That's just. And he's always the. Good that's guy. right. You expect Michael Caton to go and you know turn up a feel-good movie. <laughs> Australians. <laughs> um, no, because Paul's basically saying to me, oh, I think it's based on this myth, blah, blah, blah. All right. No. I'm going to put it back in my pocket, but I secretly suspect that it was drawn from um Because he's got classic, his Achilles Classic cut literature. And because the whole place burned down. It just, it was smacking of it. I just couldn't put me finger Because she was on. tragic, because she had a curse. Yes! <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, come on. We're using classical references and everything. Oh, yeah, but it's like tiny pieces. It's probably tiny pieces out of one story. Oh, on. just, it drove me nuts. But anyway, look, did you enjoy it? Um, Look, I, w- I wasn't... Because not- that's the first question I asked you, and we've not got past that. At the start of it, I'm like enjoying parts of it, and mm. it wasn't bad. But then, like I said, in that part where it... Flipped and didn't quite make sense as in her character's been a certain way and then just gone, that's it. I'm taking everyone out. And Molly's gone from a different... It's in the characters changed far too much for me. And I found it was almost like a totally different film. And I don't know, that did my head in slightly. It's your idea. Well, Karen's going to be a bit disappointed on that. Well, I can't help that. Mm. Um, I just... It's funny because I... I haven't read the book, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it, the book's like that. But to me, I just found it, both storylines, if they hadn't been connected, probably would have been fine. Yep. If they'd kept it with a whole, she's there for revenge or she's there to try and find answers, yep. that would have been fine. But they flipped it and tried to add both. They've tried to push too much into one film. Did you like Did you like the uh, growing up in the shithole country town aspect of it? Did um, you relate to that? <laughs> You know where I'm going with this. I know you are. <laughs> I come from Telangana. <laughs> oh, is that where you come from? <laughs> Which sounds a bit like... um. <laughs> Actually, more like Sandy Creek because it had more of a Sandy Creek feel to it. Well, no, because we didn't have like shops and stuff in Sandy Creek. No, I, we had a, and you never we had will. A, <laughs> <laughs> we had a football field that's and right. we, had a, we had a hall. Yes. And that's about it. That's it. That's enough. That's mm. all you need. Farmland. As long as you have to, don't have to drive more than half an hour for the beer, you're I was, right. I was born in Tlangada and I, you know, as a small child, I was in Tlangada, so mm. And they had shops. It explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> How educated I am. <laughs> Folks are dumb where I come from. <laughs> you know, I actually went off and I was going to try and um, get the... You know how they used to use that in Hey Hey It's Saturday? Yes. Yeah, I was going to try and get the, the version of that just so I could have it on here when I every time I bring up Tulangita. Um <laughs> Don't bag out Tulangita. It was good. I love Tulangita. Look, it's a beautiful little town. Mum used on the to give us a... two bucks. Yep. I put my brother on my handlebars. Yep. They're all and special all out there. disappear for hours on end and come back before it was dark. <laughs> you get... It chips was, and lollies look, it's and an idyllic, and It's an idyllic place for a kid to grow up. Oh, I love growing up. Yes, abso- absolutely. You know, all the, the only thing you had to worry about was like brown snakes. Oh, yeah, but... Because you, you weren't going to get to the hospital on time. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a hospital in Tlangada. Yeah, but did they have Annie Vanine? 
I don't know. I never Probably got bitten. Not. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think they had bandages so in now that hospital. Oh well, now it's not a hospital. Now it's a. Um, I, I would argue it never a, was. No, no. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> um, I was born there. Um, it's yeah, a, but look, you can do that <laughs> in the back of a car. Let's be frank here. My brother was born in the driveway. Well, we, there you go. Because we couldn't get to the hospital. Are we going to call that St. Francis of the, hos- uh, of the driveway? <laughs> if I told you this story. Please regale me. This is I'm ready. Be, sorry. I'm, I'm so ready. Sorry, Tell everybody me. listening. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's a little bit no, of no, history no, no. from Pip. No? <laughs> no? No, What I was going to say was we lived on the same street as the hospital. So, because my mum worked there as a nurse when we yep. were very little. Yep. And so oh, I've definitely <laughs> upset your mother now, haven't I? <laughs> so we just walk, she'd just walk up to, you know, it was, what, 500 oh. metres up the road. Um, you were great in that, Pip, but I don't <laughs> like him. He's a bit of an arsehole. <laughs> My mum wouldn't speak like that. No? No. Anyway, um, my little brother didn't make it to the hospital, which is 500 metres up the road. He was born in the driveway. Dad caught him before he hit the concrete. <laughs> Did he? Yes, mum couldn't get in the car. It was too late. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun here. And it's funny, I was talking to my sister about it. She goes, do you know what was great about that? And I said, what's that? She goes, all I remember about it was that we got to have Cocoa Pops because normally we weren't allowed to have any sugary cereals. You see? (laughs) (laughs) Your mother's idea or your father's? (laughs) No, it was the neighbours, two doors up. She went... Sorry, your parents are busy right now. We're going to have Cocoa Pops. Go, Cocoa Pops. Excellent. <laughs> See, there's an upside to everything, Pip, and I think that's a, that's a life lesson <laughs> we've the, all And the doctor today. just walked down and went, yeah, Karen, you're right. I'll see you next week. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's nursing. <laughs> uh, we don't have time for postnatal depression here in Tulangata. Just get on with it. I was number four. By that time, you used to <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just get start to put it. up with more crying in the background. I'll oh, get that, would you love? <laughs> <laughs> Many of life love that. Oh, dear. I'm, she's going to send poisonous letters or something to me. Well, she just go, tell, you tell want me to look after I, your kids? Tough. <laughs> t- t- tell your mother I do, don't mean any of it. Oh, that's it. She can't listen to this episode now. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no that's it. I'll, I'll tell her not to listen. <laughs> no. You know it's going to make her listen, don't you? No, 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 don't. don't <laughs> She's don't. not going to listen to anything you've ever said. She might. I'll just say, Paul says, Paul says a dirty word in the first, like, five seconds, which you do three times. That's right. Four times? Yeah. Anyway, um, I, the film was fine, but when it took its flip, I didn't like it. Remember that we're talking about the dressmaker, not mm. about my my family. What did you think of Hugo Weaving's? Um, Hugo Weaving. That's what did I say? I don't know. <laughs> it's only my second class. Hugo, Hugo Weaving. I thought it was awesome. I really enjoyed his performance. I thought he was going to ejaculate there and then on the screen. <laughs> he is so great. I thought, oh my gosh, it's Priscilla all over again. <laughs> He really, he really, really stepped up to that one, didn't he? Yes, but yeah. I, um, like an old pro. Now during the week, I hadn't seen the film yet, and Paul had seen it. And Paul goes, "I'm not going to tell you anything." But I thought Kate Winslet's accent was okay, and I went, "Oh gosh, I hate you so no, much." I didn't I say that. I said it was excellent. I'm sorry. Um, I don't like Paul telling me stuff beforehand because it usually sets me up, and I then get totally disappointed. Does it change what you feel about the yes, movie? Yes, it does. Does it? Yes, because I might go, oh, he said it's excellent. 
Yeah, oh, I know. It's and not you'll, excellent. You'll definitely go after it going, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Paul I, wouldn't know what he's talking I about. I thought she did really well. Of course, because I said she did an excellent no, job on the accent. No, but you shouldn't tell me these things beforehand. Yeah, I thought it was harmless. It's not harmless. It's never harmless. Well, I know that. And that's why I do it. <laughs> um, I thought she did a good job, but and I thought it was... A what bit... about poor man's Thor? Don't say that. Now, how'd he go? Did you like him? <laughs> Liam Hemsworth. That's the man. <laughs> that is so mean. <laughs> I'm not known for my my. Um, he did really my well. To my fellow human beings. He did really well, but I thought his death scene was so unfair. He wouldn't be that stupid. When you apparently gro- he was. Oh no! But if you've grown up with that, surely you wouldn't be that stupid, and you would see it when you put and your you'd light check down the there. Can I give you a little story? <laughs> Paul's background. Okay. <laughs> When I was in year seven and year eight, okay, I had a little, and I was, um, I was at my, we're at the, we're at a Catholic school sort of thing, and I had there was two people that I had, I didn't have many friends, right, and I had, no, hang on, I had, I had two friends, right, one of which I had a massive fight with, and we punched the living shit out of each other, but then we got on to become. Quite good friends, as often happens with boys when they've had a big fight, they learn respect, and it's a basis of friendship. That's how men learn respect. It's sad, but it's true, you know. So we pounded on each other anyway. So we we became very very good and close friends, sort of thing. And he's and um, he was a farm boy, and he reminded me so much of a younger version of this guy, sort of thing, you know. And, like, he just, you know, he could do everything. He was good at footy. You know, he was lived on a farm. He could, you know, well drive tractors, do the whole lot. You know what I mean? He was just a hands-on good guy. Anyway, so one day he was welding and he was there was water on the ground and he electrocuted himself, killed himself by accident. Are you serious? Yeah, year eight. I remember year nine, perhaps. Might have been year nine. I remember it very specifically. So my my friendship group went from three to two. There was just I had one other friend there, sort of thing. Whoa! So that's what I mean. When I watched this, I was kind of in the back of my mind. I was processing this like going, "He's going to die," and when he jumped down, like when he did, did you the know first that beforehand? One, no, no. I just saw him doing something stupid. Aussie farming kind of stupidity. I've seen. You mean when he first jumped in? Yes, and I thought this is what's going to kill him, and I knew, then knew right from there that he was going to die. I didn't feel like he was going to die, and when he died, I went. Oh, oh. it was written right. It was written across the stars. Okay, I didn't he was it. he was destined for you know feet up, you know six foot under. Okay. Yep. Right. And so, and I don't know what it was. May have been some sort of male intuition. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, as soon as, as soon as he did it the first time, I knew he was destined for death. That I, was going to kill him. I actually, that's what I was getting surprised towards the end of it. That's why that I get frustrated sort of with movies. Sometimes I see stuff coming. I didn't you, see it. Yeah. I, and I, then when it, it happened, I went, oh, yeah. well, that just totally ruined that resolve there. And. Yep. Now yep. we've still got 45 minutes. Okay, and and leaves, leaves you kind of hanging sort of thing. But it doesn't. It's 
no, don't worry about that. That's fine. Um, it just leaves you totally hanging, you know. But it doesn't. It 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 pivots the film. It is at that point no, that the film me, pivots. Yes, but for me, it didn't feel like it. It didn't feel natural. No, because it never does when somebody in your life disappears. No, no, no. But as in, even when he disappeared, she didn't first do it. It was only when Molly dies that she does it. But as in, that's what I mean. I didn't feel it. Didn't feel natural. It didn't feel like it. It should have happened. You'd, her character. It didn't feel natural for her character. Mm. So for me, it was a bit weird. So. I didn't find it so. I found it a very naturalistic film. Okay. Yeah. I found it an enormously flowing film in that respect. Okay. You have not asked me what I think of the actual film itself. Well, no, because you've made me talk. So, Paul, what, mm. did, what did you think of the film, Dressmaker? Well, all right. Karen put up a good film. All right. <laughs> she put up a good film and it was Night Stalker. Okay. Night, that, Nightcrawler. That's the one. I'm mm. sure it was something like that. And I was hoping for Karen's sake that it would be two for two. And? Well, there were aspects of this film that I thought were genuinely encouraging. As I said, I thought she did a really good job on on the thing. I thought poor man Thor did a very, very good Don't job. Don't call him that. Liam. Can I call him Liam? Yes, you may. The other Helmsworth. Don't. There are three. He's <laughs> a third. He's, um, I think it's the not. other guy. No, <laughs> that's all, his actual name. All three of them. Oh, what's the older brother's name? It's the other brother. <laughs> Stop. That's his name. No, 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 don't no, do by, that. By number three, the mum's just gone. Oh, for fuck's sake! What's his they're name? All, oh, the other brother. They're all actors. <laughs> yes. Well. One of them's doing quite well for no, himself. But Liam and Chris look very similar, but the other brother doesn't look like them. I don't know if he's older. Really? Yes. Okay. Um. Oh my gosh! I should have written this down. No, I you should have. You should have been researching and prepared. I looks. I do more research than you nowadays. Oh bugger off! <laughs> <laughs> um. He's got a very um. You know, Chris, Liam, um. And the other brother. Shoot. That's his name. No, it's not. It's his name. Oh, he's in a HBO Look, don't show. Don't worry about it. Let it no. go. Let it go. It's it's interfering with the ga- the show. It's in a H. He's in a HBO show. Yeah, bugger it. He's I've lost it. No, it's all gone. The other brother. Don't say the other brother. <laughs> the really, really poor Thor. Oh, don't say that. That's awful. <laughs> They've got three boys. All three boys act. Okay. Stop it. Keep, what did you th- come on? Keep going. I know. And as I said, there were certain aspects of this that did I did. You think thought, he, Liam Hemsworth did a good job? Thought he did an excellent job. And you thought Kate Winslet did a good job? I thought Kate Winslet really nailed what the role. What about Judy Davis? Who I was played Molly? so impressed with a Yank getting an Australian accent, so much so that I was able to relax. Who's the Yank? Kate Winslet. She's not Australian, is she? She's is English. She? Or oh, even harder for them. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they got to be sent to prison before they get the Australian accent. <laughs> Put in an old wood boat. <laughs> no, well, well done her then. Well done. No, seriously. That's, that's great. Whoever she is, wherever she came from. Come from South Africa, mate. You know. <laughs> she did Titanic. 
Yeah, well, maybe that was the boat she came over on. I don't know. But, um, look, terrific. I, I thought she did a terrific job. Hugo Weaving did a terrific he job. He always does. You know, Shane Jacobson, superb. Didn't like where his character went. Can't blame him for it because he didn't write the fucking script. But I, And I don't blame the script writer because it all does come together because they're trying to make a point. I thought the set was excellent. I thought the setting was excellent. I thought the lighting was excellent. I thought the camera work was superb. In short, I thought this was a stunning film and it's the strongest film I've seen this year. Wow. Didn't expect that, did you? No, I... <laughs> <laughs> I did not. No, you didn't and neither did, did Karen. You, Karen did, has got a solid two for two. Well done. Did you um go and see our local museum had all these dresses and costumes at the... um. Our, li- our library museum. Do you know why I'm so impressed with this film? Because this is not a film I should have even sat down to watch. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying. It's yes, the I know. Kind of you would film have looked at it and went, Ugh. I do not think so. It would have taken, if I wasn't doing this podcast, it would have taken a platoon of soldiers to get me to sit down and watch this film. <laughs> and yet... I'm glad they didn't, and I sat down of my own free will and sat See down. See what and this it. podcast is doing for you. This was a solidly funny film. This was hilarious. I don't know if you laughed, and I don't know if you can, but oh, you do not have a sense of humour. I you, have. You, oh, please. don't do that. I have a great sense of humour. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every movie when, I put up as a comedy, you just go nah. When Sarah Snook is running up, um, she's playing Gertrude, is running up with in that really horrible wedding yep. dress to the hill, trying to get up before the guy sees her. What was the name of the mum? Because she stole the show. <laughs> Molly. Yes, what was her? Uh, Judy Davis. Judy Davis. I, she's, she is superb. It's just my my tablet playing up. Um, she is superb. Yes, she's in The Man Who Sued God. Absolutely stole the show and so cringing. And, and, the role and was things. so cringing. Look, I, I thought this was stunning. Do you know? I can't see that. My God, we better crack on to the second film. So how many stars would you give this, Paul? <laughs> it's going to be an hour and a half, this one. Don't. Well, then hurry up. <laughs> All, right. All right, look. Whoa, I want to give it a 10. I really do. Are I you really, serious? I fucking loved it. I loved it. But I, I, I'm going to go nine and a half. Just because I was swept away with it and sometimes I get a little over Now, it has to lose half a mark because it's Australian. So there you go. You get Nine... half a mark off for Aussie films. Yeah, I, all Aussie films lose Why? half a mark. So, so there you what? go. No, 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 stop. Why? What? Because they're Australian films. And so what? they can't compete on production values. That's no, unfair. Don't care. Don't care. No, so it gets a nine. That's really unpatriotic of you. I'm not a patriotic person. (laughs) (laughs) And you just threw that piece of meat on the ground just to see if I'd bite that. I'm at least the most unpatriotic person that you'll come across. So nine and a half stars from you? No, nine. Nine stars from you? lost half a mark. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Look, I just... If it was just on pure enjoyment, I'd go ten, right? But I don't do that. And I'm sure that there are parts of... I got swept away of it and sometimes I'm caught in the afterglow of some of these films and because it was Australian because it was so powerful I know I was engaging at it at a far you've got to remember it was hitting some big buttons for me so so and I have to be wary of that and that's why it goes down to nine and a half by sheer wariness 
And then because it's Australian, that's a rule, and so it loses half a mark. So it's nine. Okay. Yep. I'm going to give it six. I found some of the aspects of the storyline weird. Sure. Um, at the end of it, when when she's burning What's I'll, I'll go down this tired old road. <laughs> Fuck. What did you find weird about this one, Pip? I found it weird when... I felt like the movie should be, should have been finishing when it still had forty five minutes to go. I don't. Where, where I found was the weird. pivot? Where was this point where you were looking at the watch when going? He what died. the fuck? Yeah, but something I'm has just, to happen. I know there's a lull. There is a brief pause. No, I'm just, you're missing the point. For me, oh. that felt like the re- resolution of the film. Um, no, then, because a death. No, a death is not a resolution. A death is a poignancy of unresolved issues that have to be tied up. Which the rest of the film does. You don't have the hero die right at the end and just leave everybody, well, all right, just collect your tickets at the end there, kids. You don't do that to people. Maybe I would, perhaps, if I was making a film, but most people wouldn't. I found her mood changed too quickly. I found it weird that when she was burning down the town, there's a few characters that weren't accounted for. I found the storylines of some of them are slightly weird. Um, And that's just me. So... Okay, she had 30 years to brood. No, no. She had 30 years to brood. When he turns up... 30? How old do you think she was? Uh, she's like nearly 50. <laughs> Come on. I looked at her. I actually checked her age. No, but she's not playing her age in the film, Paul. Isn't she? No, she's not. <laughs> I could say some very unkind things. <laughs> But I'm just going to leave it there, shall I? Okay. He's 29. And the most generous thing I can say is she's not. (laughs) Okay. I thought it worked out As the Titanic is said, (laughs) that ship has sailed well and fucking truly. (laughs) I'm in fine form tonight, aren't I? (laughs) I just, for me, the storyline didn't work out. I thought it... You're wrong. You're just straight up wrong. I'm sorry. I'm going to slap you down here. She's had multiple years, let's just leave it at that, multiple years to brood and hate this town. No, she she didn't because she didn't know what was happening. She had no idea why she'd left. Uh, She She had no idea what had happened. She came back not knowing anything. She has not been brooding. That's not true. No, she has not been brooding at all because Teddy has that big scene with her where he goes, what actually happened? And um, his brother, She remembers that old hunchback prick. She remembers him right off as soon as it's mentioned. Yeah, but that's one thing. That's not what she's come back for. And her and the brother Barry's going, you moved. She remembers you the, moved, she um, remembers the relentless bullying that was on her. You're missing the point. No, I don't believe I am. She remembers... Look, when you're a child, you don't remember everything of your childhood. Maybe you do because you have an eidetic memory, but most people I do don't. not. I wish I did. Well, most people do not, Okay. They get flashes of their most powerful she had images. No, and that's what they brood on. That's what they live off for the no, rest of their but lives. she came back going, I can't remember what happened. I don't know why I got sent away. So she hasn't been brooding. All she's been, doing, all she's been doing is going, I had no idea what had happened. Okay. Can I just say this? There were definitely questions. What you are saying is correct in that respect. However, the hate that she had for this town had festered and metastasized for many a decade. And why would she go back if she's a successful dressmaker? Because she's successful 
and therefore she feels she's strong enough to go back. I'm so don't give me I that. I didn't get that vibe. Go and ask other people then. Go and, go talk to your mother about this. That would be an interesting conversation to have. <laughs> I think I, I think your mother would come in on my side and say. I'm sure she would. Oh, people, if you only just saw that look, (laughs) that was golden. What I'm saying is, for me, Uh, it wasn't Pay for my uh, admission fees tonight. (laughs) I didn't... I felt that they could have gone down the track of revenge and that would have been fine, or they could have gone down the track of, I can't remember anything and I'd like to have this resolved. But they've tried to push all these two concepts together and mishmashed it, and to me, it didn't feel okay. genuine. All right, all right, all right. Just work with me here for a moment, okay? Number one, she was sent away. Hang on, I'm just moving my microphone. All right, chew. Okay, you chew. Number one, she was sent away in disgrace. Okay, now all she would know that she was in disgrace. She was being rejected. Now, you probably have not had enough, a lot of experience of being rejected. I was loved. <laughs> That's right. So you do not understand what I'm talking about here. Okay, so rejection is probably one of the, the harshest things that bore down to a person's soul and it can fuck them up seriously. So there's that, okay? And now let me get through it. What? Okay. We're not going to get to the second film tonight. <laughs> Um, so you're saying basically if someone has a past that's yeah. similar to um, the character Myrtle Tilly Dunnage, yes. then they'll actually really enjoy this film because she gets a bit of a payback. Where if someone has... Had well, a, I said this does where if some someone, buttons. Where if someone has had a wonderful childhood, been loved, they probably won't get the turnaround. Is that what you're saying? When you're an adult. <laughs> You get to be able to use this thing called empathy in which you get your imagination to be allow you to think about how other people might view the world. I'm not saying you that. I'm, it's me saying how much I enjoy this film. It's not about empathy. The, the storytellers of this film have not given me, someone who hasn't experienced this, enough information to give empathy for this. If they had set it up properly, I would have had empathy for either her revenge or her not knowing why she's been sent away. Because I have listened to these podcasts so many times over such a long period of time, the amount of times that I've heard you say that the director has not given me enough information. I not made me feel it. Do not I don't think feel it. that it's necessarily the director's fault. Oh. I do not. I'm starting to think that maybe you may be a little bit tone deaf to this. I'm getting a shocked look. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right or not? No, it's up to the people who are telling this story, the director, the sure. writer, sure. The, the actors, everybody, cinematographer, everyone is there telling a story to make you feel this. And if I'm not feeling it... Yeah, but you it, don't feel, Pip. I bet it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet You're it's not only, human. But people who have the past experience can bring all that with them. All right, can I ask this? And me, Did you have an emotional reaction to this film at all? Yes. What? The Tell fir- me. The first half where I went, oh, she's here because she can't remember okay. because something awful's happened. Right. Yes. But then when they've flipped it, I've gone, well, why the hell is she now acting like this when before she was like this? Oh. 
So to me, it's totally logical. No, it's not. If the flip isn't clean and it's not brought out properly, people go, "Well, what the hell is going on?" I told you this would bring up a conversation, didn't I? (laughs) So what I'm saying, what I'm saying, Paul, yes, is that if they're not going to do it in a way, take those dirty fat sausages (laughs) out of my face. (laughs) Is if they don't give you enough, you know, empathy story wise. For you to follow along with them, you're not going to go along. You're going to be lost, and then you're going to go. Well, hang on, I have not understood why they've gone that way. It's up to them to make you want to go that way. And if they haven't made you want to go that way, and you have no idea what's going on, then <laughs> are you done? No. <laughs> I think most people would find that there's plenty of information there. You mean people with past history who can dwell on that? People people who generally... Most people don't have a uniformly happy existence. Not all of them run through life amidst, you know, sun showering down upon their unicorns and rainbows and lollipops and go through life and just walk around and go, everything's fine. Why is she behaving in this way? People get hurt. People get damaged. When people get... Don't give me that. When people get damaged, they do things for odd reasons. Now, we have come time and time again in these movies where you will look at, oh, dear. <laughs> you no, no, All right, look. <laughs> you know what? Fine. There's not enough information. Is that what you want to hear? Is that what you want to hear? Because I give up. I surrender. Seriously. I'm glad you enjoyed the film. Oh, God's sake. Guys, if you actually have a heart... Did you cry? No, of course you didn't. No. No. I blubbered. No, I actually... Multiple blubbers, <laughs> right? Multiple blubbers. No, I it didn't was a cry. very heart, a heart-rending film. No, I didn't cry. But then I don't tend to I cry. I cried when he died. I cried when she was washing the body. Very... Very touching scenes. You're probably looking and going, oh, she doesn't give much of a shit. But No, I got that she gave a shit. But oh, I'm, I'm just glad like, about that. <laughs> but no, I was just... The a, mother was just... The mother was distraught and God, she you ripped your heart out. No, she did a very good job. Did you cry? No, I don't cry. Oh, for fuck's sake. All right. That's but what fine. I'm saying is I, the way the film went, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. Okay. It, didn't, it just didn't make sense to no, me. that's fine. That's fine. No, well, I can't argue. I mean, I mean, I look. If I continued arguing, it'd just be insulting. And I don't. <laughs> no, well, I don't want to be insulting. You know, I enjoy these podcasts um, for the simple fact that, and that sounds like it's insulting right there. But <laughs> <laughs> dig yourself out of this pool. You can do it. <laughs> but look, these. These are films that aren't necessary. This is a girl's <laughs> film. This is not a guy's film. And then I just wonder but, why it's affecting we, me so... Because you've got a past. Anyone who's got Maybe a past... Maybe I've got a mangina. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's got a past is going to take stuff with them onto this film. Yeah, but I no, it was not only that shithead. It was, there was other things as well. No, there was... Lots. Look, 
I was laughing hysterically at the footy match. I thought that was horrendously funny. That was hilarious, but that was the first half of the film. Yes, it was. And then it didn't, because it always takes a dark turn because it's Australian. (laughs) You know, because you're expecting, I'm expecting it now. I was buckled up for it this time. I was ready. So, because you look at the shithouse little town and you know it's a tragedy. Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not arguing that point. Mm. And it is a tragedy, but it's there's a, an element of tri- triumphalism at the end. Look, I think this is superb. I think. It, what happened to the I old lady that was married to the guy? I of the could hunchback? have argued ten, but I was whittled down by my conservatism. Uh, conservatism. Did I still say that? <laughs> conservatism. <laughs> Jesus. Go again. Go again. You can do it. No, I think we all know what I just said. <laughs> and then, of course, certain rules have to apply. So, so nine for me and three for her. No, I said six. You know that. It was only an enjoyment level of six. There are parts that I thought were really enjoyable. There's other parts I went, wow, I wouldn't have written it that way. I'm fucking staggered. Anyway, all right, that's fine. I can't argue anymore. Right. <laughs> Your magic movie moment, Paul. Come on, keep going. You can oh, do it. Jesus. You've, you've floored me, Pip. Um, okay. This do you is... Know what, you know what is really interesting? What? You agree with my mum. Well, she's smarter than you. Well, we know that. That's why she never agrees with you. She has a master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> I just and you know zero. what? And you know what? <laughs> I fucking drive trucks. <laughs> Smart. I'm sure she is, and we both came to the same conclusion. Well, there you go. And you know, I think it's only because I, I, I suspect that she's had a broader life experience than you have. I'm sure she has. And I think that feeds a lot into this. We could go, uh, go lollipop, down. Lollipop, lollipop, <laughs> lollipop, ooh, lolly, lolly, lolly. Lollipop. <laughs> we could go down a to- totally different um, rabbit hole there as well for Pip's past histories, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> okay, so. After that slight break, um, back to the... Paul's magic movie moment. Thank you. You saw my brain just get bogged down in the morass that is my head. I reckon we could have sat here for a little while, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is... I I want you to cast your mind back to 1984, not the movie. The actual year. When I was zero. (laughs) Was that the year you were born? No, I was born in late 83. Oh, okay. So you weren't... Oh, yeah. So you were there, but you were just filling diapers at that stage of the game. Yep. Yep. Doing what all babies do best. Fitter and Turner. Anyway. <laughs> you know what a fitter and Turner is. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So 1984, it is the Academy Awards, and we have uh, not an acceptance speech this time, but just somebody who is geeing up the crowd, um, and this person is... From Australia, and I just thought that just after Crocodile Dundee, they dragged out Paul Hogan and was silly enough to put him in front of a whole crowd and television cameras. So here we go. Hello, viewers. Um, this is my first time at the Academy Awards. I usually watch it on television, and for that reason I've been asked to come out here and speak to my peers on behalf of the television audience. Um, 
G'day, Piers. Uh, this is, uh, of course, the big event of show business. And the atmosphere here is pure electricity. But as a television show, it does tend to go slightly off the boil. Um, particularly as we drift into the third and fourth hour. What can we do about it? Firstly, uh, winners, when you make your speech, it's a good tip to remember the three G's. Be gracious, be grateful, get off. <laughs> Secondly, don't be too humble tonight, because we have up here a second envelope. <laughs> so don't get up on the stage and say, I don't deserve this award. If you really feel you don't deserve an Academy Award, just give us a wave from your seat. Most importantly tonight, for most categories, nominees will be on camera when they announce the winner. Please, nominees, let's not have the spectacle of all four uh, non-winners giving us this one. This is the I'm so glad he won instead of me smile. Think of the television audience, give us a bit of variety. You know, maybe one or two of you could burst into tears. Um, storming out of the building in a huff would be nice. Well, what's wrong with a bit of good old-fashioned booing? Um, no, I'm nominated tonight. And I realise I'm not exactly the odds-on favourite. But I travel 13,000 miles to be here for this. You come from the other side of the planet. And if they read out someone else's name instead of mine, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> anyway, listen, most important, the producer of this program, Sam Goldman, said to me, everyone's really tense out there. Go out and see if you can get them to relax. Why? You didn't come here to relax. You want to relax, stay at home and watch it on television. That'll relax you. No, no. Fellow workers, brothers, workmates, you're here to sweat. This program is live. There's about 1,000 million people watching you. So you remember one wrong word one foolish gesture, your whole career could go down in flames. <laughs> Hold that thought and have a nice night, you hear? <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed that all the Aussie speeches are very... um Matter of fact, <laughs> yeah. And there's always that dark tinge underneath. People don't realise that we're dark people, but we... we Not um, all of us are. Well... 90% of the population of Australia <laughs> when we first got here were routinely whipped. So, <laughs> you know. Um, yes. We, we have that under our humour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I All like right. that. Okay. I thought you'd like that. I thought it would tickle the, the um, funny bone. Now, okay. So, that is that. 
we've had our little Australiana moment there, and now we have the new movie, which is what? Oh, the second film, The Hateful Eight. Got room for one more? They call him the hangman. When the handbell says dead or alive, the rest of us just shoot you in the back and up on top of perch somewhere and bring you in dead over a saddle. But when John Roof the hangman catches you, you hang. Get in, boys! This here is Daisy Domergu. She's wanted dead or alive for murder. When that sun comes out, I'm taking this woman to hang. Is there anybody here committed to stopping me from doing that? Well, well, well. Looks like Minnie's haberdashery is about to get cozy for the next few days. Yes, it does. One of them fellas is not what he says he is. Move a little strange, you're gonna get a bullet. Not a warning, not a question. A bullet. Okay, so that's that. I tried something a little. Yes, I tried. That. I, I, please, people, if you if you like that, rather than me pi- talking, pips I think that nonsense. was much better because um, Kurt Russell and Tim Roth and Samuel L. Jackson are pros. They're I wouldn't pros. cast aspersions at them like that. I'm They're sure they pros. have an honest trade. I don't no, understand what you're saying. You live a very sheltered life. <laughs> <laughs> They're professionals. <laughs> they're speaking and they're pros. Ladies and gentlemen, that. this is this is why I enjoy doing this show so much. Okay, whatever's happening in your head, only you're experiencing it. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> perhaps I am, ladies and gentlemen. Paul, did you like the film <laughs> that you put up? Oh well, it's me, isn't it? Um, look, okay. Let's let's get down to tin tacks here. The hateful light was not very well received by a lot of people. A lot of people just discarded and went, no, it's too long, it's too slow, and there's only one action scene and it all hits sort of thing, it all goes pear-shaped right at the end. Though I don't hear anybody complain about that particular action scene. Now, now we've once discussed before how Quentin Tarantino does love to be the master of suspense. Mm. And I think this is a bit of a experiment for him to see if he can do an entire movie how building long, to the how long one. He can do it, yeah. Yes. And clearly he can do it for a very long time. But it's very difficult to put it all together in one you know, and keep the pacing going. So he's 
I think he's rather cleverly made this. You don't think of this as an action film. This is not an action film. <laughs> this, <laughs> I'm going to take this thing and shoot it. Um, Give it a bullet. What do you think this movie is? A thriller. No, it's not. I, your thing's trying to talk to you. Um, it feels like a thriller. You're sitting there going, oh, what's going to happen? Um, you know, it's suspenseful and, yeah. yeah. I actually thought the pacing was fine for me. I didn't think the, any of it was slow. It was intriguing. It's an Agatha Christie show. <laughs> that's what it is. Well, that's what I mean. You don't know what's happening. Yes, it's it's a murder on the Orient, they're, or it's a murder the, on the top of the. They're showing you the final half yes. of the film first. Yes, and if you think of it in those terms, the pacing's fine because all of those shows are as dull as eggs. Agatha Christie. Yes, mm. I didn't. You look at the people go. Oh, Orient Express. It's wonderful. It's not. Um, it's okay. It's all right. It drags it was, along. It was a bit slow. And then it has its little kind of, ha-ha, I told you. You know, that that's your little Easter egg at the end. You know what I mean? It opens up and you see whether you were right or you were wrong or not. Yeah, I, I personally found the book did that a bit better, but it was a little – the pacing wasn't great in that film, but for, I actually found this film of um, Tarantino's was – I thought it paced fine. Yeah, well, so did I. So, did, But a lot of people don't. And it had lots of the things that he – puts in his films, like a head exploding, etc., which would keep people happy. Yep. Yeah, but the head exploding was... Yeah, but it all happened at once. Do you oh, know yes. what I mean? Oh, like, it wasn't given to that's, you in nice, that's healthy right. Yes, spots, whereas right? Tarantino, you look at... You look at, say, for example, Inglorious Bastards, which everybody loved. and oh, there, a, there was a death scene at the very start. <laughs> very, very start. You know, gratuitous violence at the start, a little bit... Into going, the middle, yeah. and, and it just builds and explodes, builds, explodes, builds and explodes. And this is what he's done. He's done a sort right, I'll do the whole thing and then it'll explode at the end. And it's very hard. You can't call it an action film. And I think a lot of people went there and they're going, oh, the Hurtful Eight, it's Cowboys, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, it's going to be marvellous, you know. But they couldn't do it. It was. Do you know well, what I mean? Nearly, like It's nearly a three-hour film. Yes. But I actually found that... Well, I know a lot of people complain because there wasn't death straight away and then death, 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 death. Yes. But um, I found it was suspenseful throughout the whole thing and he kept you because you're waiting for it. Master of suspense. Mm. Yes. Take note, Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> no, well, he's been served. I, look, I'm sure he was the best of his time. Mm. And, you know, the old, the old um, what's the old saying? That we stand on the shoulders of giants. Oh, yeah. In that... What I mean by that is that we can achieve more because we have got somebody who was past, great before you've, us. You've gone off learning what they've and, done, and that's what's and that's why it's difficult to have a standout from early cinema, mm. because Casablanca and you know North by Northwest, well, they were the giants of their time. Mm. You know, Cary Grant was the best of his time. <laughs> um, did you like that? Yeah, I did. I said something nice about Cary Grant. <laughs> um. <laughs> I I know the man in Spain or the woman in Spain is having a chuckle at that. <laughs> I kind of love the fact also that um, Tarantino keeps bringing out these people that he obviously loves working with, like Samuel L. Jackson yep, and Tim yep. Roth and Michael Madsen and everyone, and just chucks them in. Because it feels a bit like a family, doesn't it? It does. You're just yes. like, oh, I know these people. Yes, it's the same old crew. <laughs> but you know what? It doesn't get old. No. No, um, they just they jostle them around. And you know what I also suspect – now, you remember Buster Scruggs? Yes. The last scene in that? Yes. I feel that Buster, that scene was inspired by this entire movie. 
How so? When they were in the, um, at, they were building the tension inside the carriage. Yeah, but the Cullen brothers would have, they wouldn't, it wouldn't have been inspired by this particular thing. I think, well, okay, well, let me say there this. Is, there are similar, I mean, there are coaches. Can I say this then? War. I think it was informed by this movie. Okay, I, have, I, t- I can't comment There on were that. similarities, lots of similarities in it, and, and that's fine. Oh, but Cohen Brothers are suspenseful when they wish sure, to be as well. Sure, and I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm not attempting to, but as I said, we stand on the, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Mm. We take the good stuff, we use it, we reinterpret it, and then punch it back out again. What was funny is mm-hmm. um, I actually thought Kurt Russell was very good in this. I'm not a big... Look, he's a great actor and a lot of people think Kurt Russell's awesome. <laughs> You're going to get shot for saying this. I know, this. <laughs> I know. But I'm not a massive Kurt Russell fan. No. But he was, I thought he was really Kurt good Kurt Russell this. can turn it on when he wants to. I was really impressed. I went, oh my gosh, he's doing a good job in this. He's a good actor. He's under, he's, the reason he, he is in so many movies is because he can bung it on. The reason... <laughs> um, Paul's, hang on, Paul's um, housemate Jolly... People. Is being a good boy and cleaning outside. That's I'm gonna, okay. I'm going to go smack around the head. Oh, you are not. He's cleaning. Good on him. He's mm. a good boy. Mm. Um, but no, actually, I didn't find any of the performances bad. I was slightly... I found it strange that there was a New Zealand person in there and I, part of me immediately went to the whole... At this time of American's history... Well, Who was the New Zealander? Um, Six Horse Jen, Zoe Bell. Oh, Remember? yeah, but she wasn't in it for very long. No, no, but my brain just went, Is that, that's a New Zealand accent. Was there New Zealand people travelling in... It could have been. America was a place of immigrants. I know, I, I know, but my brain kind of went, did a bit of a turnaround. Mm. But, but usually when people get to New Zealand, it's the last stop. I know, that's what I meant. You know, what? they usually get there why and then they in, stop. And Wyoming in America, yes. <laughs> post-Civil War. <laughs> Speaking of Wyoming, I've just... I'm, I'm, I've got myself... Um, have you ever heard of the film Quigley Down Under? I haven't seen it. I've heard of it. Okay. It's an American going to Australia. Yeah. I've, it's got Alan Rickman in it, hasn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Yes. Yes. So I'm going to put that in for next week. You've got one already. Yeah, I know. Change I'm it? changing it. Um, okay. Where's my yep. pen? <clears throat> Keep talking. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Why did you bring that up? Well, I just think it's a nice follow-on from this movie because they're in Wyoming and now from Wyoming... Straight after that, let's go to um, Australia. Now, what's it called? Qu- Quigley Down Under. Quigley Down Under. It's Tom Selleck. Ah. Tom Selleck is the main Yank. Well, I didn't. I have. I've heard of it only because Alan Rickman's in it, yes. but I haven't seen it. So Tom Selleck brings his mustache over to Australia, <laughs> and Alan Rickman, I imagine, is playing the villain because sure, why not? If you're going to have Alan he's Rickman, he's a great villain. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> Great everything. A moment silence for Alan Rickman. Mm. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I actually found I loved all the characters. I was really impressed with um, uh, Walton Goggins who played the sheriff, Matrix. Chris Mat- Matrix? Matrix? Um, yes, yes. Uh, he, he was, was good. He was good. He was good. <laughs> I like, knew you died out there. <laughs> I ain't going out there again. <laughs> oh, no, that, no, no, no. That was the um, coach driver, Obi. Oh, okay. I'm not talking about the sheriff. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, he was very good too. Yeah, yeah. And ended up being, oh, well, I won't do total spoilers, but like, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I, he was like the, you know, at first you think he's going to be the bad guy. Yeah. And then he turns out to be like the little innocent fellow in the midst, in amongst yeah. all of this. 
<laughs> it just made me laugh. So there's parts where you laugh, which is probably not appropriate. Yep. And I actually, but I actually, oh, who did I the best like, job? I actually really liked the girl who played Tate Daisy Domague. I thought Jennifer Jason Lee did a great job. She was foul, wasn't she? She was great. Did you notice when she was playing the guitar, she was doing an Australian piece? Yes. Because uh, uh, I went, oh my gosh, I recognise that. I was shocked. Mm. So yeah, it, the mixture was really interesting. I thought the music was awesome and I enjoyed it as a full piece. Well, you Which know, is weird because everyone else says bad things about it and I'm like going, I'm actually thinking this is one of my favourite Tarantino films. So you really enjoyed it and I, you'd not seen it? I hadn't seen it. Um, okay. When everyone read, yeah, I'm reading all the things going, oh, this is horrible, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to hate it. No. And I, actually, you, see, and you can see what I'm saying about it being an extremely clever well, film. There's other ones of his films that I, uh, I realise people like them for their action. But, uh, for instance, my husband really likes the Kill Bill movies. Uh, yep. And they're fine. Yep. But to me, they're just it's, fine. It's, it's, it's live action anime. Yeah, it's just fine. Yep. But to me, it wasn't. Uh, it doesn't float my boat. Where I love the suspense building in this. Yep, yep. And I, I love the flip there of the end, isn't you know, any, the last half done first and the there first half. Isn't, you go and watch it twice, and I did, just to make sure that I could say this statement. There is not a scene or a detail in that show that isn't wasted. Right down to looking at the floor and seeing the, the little ball bean. bear, the jelly bean on the ground. I know. I, when they shot that, I went... Because Why is there an orange jelly bean? And when it, that scene happened, I went, ah, oh, so it rewards you for paying attention. Because you think it's Quentin Tarantino, you don't realise that you're actually in an Agatha Christie novel until halfway through. And then you realise, but of course, some people find that difficult to make the turn sort of mm. thing. But it is, it's just a, it's a detective show. I loved it. It's great. Because it answers all the questions in the end and you're like, oh, this is resolving lovely. Yeah. And, and then it does goes out in classic <laughs> Tarantino style, you know, <laughs> where everybody gets everyone, shot everyone about a minute. Everyone has their head blown off, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But I actually, I know that sounds a bit gross, but I really enjoyed it. No, no, no. I, well, that's why I put it up because I wanted to, I wanted to argue its defence. Well, you don't need to. No, no. Well, I think <gasps> we're both... We my, agreed. We agreed. Okay. Whoa. So you really enjoyed it. I I, I love the music. Like mm-hmm. even the when the, oh, it's when the first scene, I mean he, Yeah, but when the first scene opened up, you know taste. how some you know how some opening scenes because they're just taking a picture and putting up people's names mm-hmm. um, and sometimes they can be a bit long and boring. Yep. This one even though it's shooting one scene and it, the camera's moving very slowly, that with the music linked in so nicely that I was actually enjoying just watching it. Do you know why I like Tarantino? Why do you like Tarantino? First of all, he's brave. He will do things that other people won't do. You know, you can have a whole crowd of mediocrity and then you'll have him being brave enough to do the stuff he wants to do and to do it the way he wants to do it. And he doesn't give a stuff if you like it or you don't. Mm. Now, he tries different movies. This was an Agatha Christie style film and he did it in his own style and I think he did it superbly. And then you look at something like Django, which is something totally different. Mm. You know, whatever he does, he brings his own je ne sais quoi, I guess. Well, he has his own style, but he does mm. change it around, tries different things, yeah. which I think is great. Yeah. We don't know if anything works unless you give it a go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Look, yeah. Uh, so that's that's why I love him because he will he will do things that a lot, a lot of directors will try a few different things, but nobody steps as boldly. And without as who is so fearless in the way that they do something. Maybe 
The only other person I can think of is Alfred Hitchcock, who was also fearless, mm. you know, because he didn't have to prove anything to anybody. He was a giant of his time. And he knew it. And Tarantino is. Mm. And you, you look at the likes of, say, Spielberg. Now, Spielberg has done a lot of great stuff. He's done a lot of great stuff. Action, like Jaws and stuff like that. Stuff that he's never had to... And then he puts out something like uh, Game Over, Player One or whatever. Ready Player One. Thank you. <laughs> Which is yeah. mediocrity, but superbly done. But it's still just a little ho-hum film. You know what I mean? Like he, Schindler's List and all of that. He's done some amazing stuff, but then he'll turn around and he'll put out something that's just, yeah, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like he has hot and cold, and but he's got all the money and he doesn't have to prove himself and he generally doesn't even try to step out, whereas Tarantino doesn't give us stuff. Hmm. You know what I mean? And I love that and he should be rewarded for it and so he gets my support. Okay. Um, was there anything you didn't like? I'm about sure he feels better now at night. <laughs> he just feels so wonderful. And he doesn't know why. Paul Arbottle likes me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything you didn't like about this film? Oh, um, and I didn't ask you who your favourite was. I'm not a big. This is going to sound stupid, but I, I'm not a big fan of films in the snow. Why? Well, uh, they make me feel cold. There's something stark about them. Yeah, it's supposed to be stark because they're stuck there. What a what a it gives that <laughs> gives that vibe. See that guy who had to walk naked through the snow, and I won't say too much because yeah, but but I you mean, don't even know if that really happened or if he was just trying to egg the guy. Oh, and I'm, you never know. You never know. <laughs> if the letter wasn't true, was that not true? Was it true? That's it right. Goes with your mind. He I love that. is a mind player. I know. He I is that was great. an absolute player, and he comes at you in a million different directions. He. But the thing is, you never know. He was the best in it. I, I, I will, Samuel I, Jackson. Yeah, I argue him over anybody else there. And, like, don't get me wrong, I love everybody else and they did the role that they were supposed to play and they all did it superbly. Mm. There wasn't a bad actor in it, but there were some standouts and he was the standout. He dominated that movie. And he didn't get more lines than everybody else, but he had this wary menace <laughs> that only Samuel L. Jackson can pull off. You know, he could be saying hello to you. you know, he's a little bit like Alan Rickman, you know. he's He really is. And I guess it's because he has so much practice because he's in literally everything. <laughs> he's in everything. You know, we should do a competition and just do it like a, a month's run of just Samuel L. Jackson movies. And we could do anything. Oh, you could you do know? it easily because there's so many. <laughs> but, um, All right. So what did you give it? Um... I will give it an eight. Big praise. Yes, I. Big praise. The whole I'm package. very happy with that. Everyone acting. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it was pacing. Um, the way you're questioning it and having to think about it and noticing little things that are put there for you. Yep. Um, music was awesome. The way it was shot. I liked the snow. Um, I thought it was good. Eight. Excellent. The only reason I don't like snow is I've watched too many, you know, Eastern Front films. Everyone's dying. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's dying in the cold, and you know, it can be in the middle of summer, and you're still going. <sighs> you know, <laughs> um, I should put on Stalingrad at some stage of the game soon. Uh, it's the other Russian film that I was talking to you about. You know how I said that we should do another Russian film. Well, the Russians do a Stalingrad. Oh, they do their own? Yeah. Okay. It's really good. As in opposed to the German Stalingrad. Okay, right. Yeah, which is a grim affair. <laughs> oh, yes. We should put them up together. Oh, I don't know about that. No, nah, you'd be together. right. No, no, the Stalingrad, the, oh, the, be... the, the Russian one's quite entertaining. No, no, not together because people just go, <laughs> oh, and you get no one listening to that one. How many stars do you give The Hateful Eight? 
what's it trying to do? It's trying it, – no, just bear with me. It's oh. trying to do the what we've just discussed, you know. It does it flawlessly. Is there anything that you think can think of at the top of your head where it doesn't try – reach out and achieve exactly what it's aiming for? Um. It's trying to build tension, as I said – Build the tension and then have the big uh, kerfuffle right at the end in classic Tarantino style. So I think mm. because, it's A, it's not Australian and, B, there's no subtitles in it, I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Ooh. I know I've been very generous of late but there have been some very strong films out and I know a lot of people don't like this one and I just think, Perhaps you should watch it and re-watch it with a different viewpoint perhaps because that's what it's trying to do. It's – it's. how can I put it? It is uh, should, the Orient Express with guns. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Orient Express wasn't that good. Um, no, it's just if they don't go in thinking, oh, it's only going to be action because it's um, Tarantino, mm. then they'll don't, be fine. No, there's, this is not that film. No. No. Go and watch Inglorious Bastards or, or Pulp Fiction or <laughs> – any number of other absolute iconic classics that he that man has put out. Mm. You know, he doesn't have to prove himself to anyone. No, nope. uh, this is you know what he, it is. He did the narration in that chapter, um, Daisy's Secret. Yes, I thought that was really good. Yeah, he just he does a little cam. He always puts. He's a bit of a Alfred Hitchcock fellow. A bit of a Peter Jackson as well. Peter Jackson does that as well. Does he? He does. Oh. He's in all the Lord of the Rings. Is he? Yep. Oh, Prancing Pony. Oh, okay. He's a drunk that stumbles out of the side alley. Oh, okay. Well, he would yep. have loved that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he even puts his kids on there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's nine and a half from Paul and eight from me for The Hateful Eight. Excellent. So, good thing we got that finished. Next week, we are going to – well, I'm putting up The Usual Suspects because mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Ever. No. So, I'm going to – it's in my list you of things You know what? I just remembered what I'd put up and let's run with the original. I'll put on Quigley later. You sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I really want to see that again. <laughs> okay. So Paul has told me to put up the Hitman's Bodyguard. Yes, which has got Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, <laughs> nice. So, yep, there it is. Okay. okay. We'll have to remember Quigley for the week after. That's right. Cool. Okay. Thank you very much, everybody. And Sorry that went long. No, I know. Look, sometimes it just, it's that, well, I told you that the dressmaker would. Spurn a large conversation. And guys, we turned it off and we talked for about 40 minutes after that. Oh, no, no, we it, didn't turn know. it off, but we've cut out that 40 minutes. No, yes, but yes, <laughs> that's that's right. And then we turned it off and kept talking. <laughs> yes, uh, it, it's it's a very deep film. So if you haven't seen The Dressmaker and you're a guy, don't be scared. It's great. It's hilarious. I found it incredibly funny. Okay. The dressmaker. I was just, as soon as it turned on, it had me gut laughing in about two minutes of if you, the if credits you, rolling. If you're a Paul type person, you'll really enjoy it. If you're a me type person, it'll be all right. So it's not too bad. So yeah, anyone can watch it. Win-win. Yay. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, please, 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 if you can get on and make the the the, the incredible effort and the support that we appreciate. And just, if you haven't done it already, put up a um, review on iTunes and um, Paul really likes it when they say, particularly it just Paul. helps us. <laughs> we're, we're just trying to we're trying to kickstart it and get this thing moving again, sort of thing, because we were doing really, really well, and then it all just fell in a bucket, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we're just trying to resurrect it, and we need we need you guys out there, all twenty five of you, 
to get up and make the the, the big effort, please. Oh, Thank if, you. If there's any films you guys want us to look at, yes, because we're just picking films we yes. will watch at the moment. I know, we're just right being off. super selfish, and you guys, oh, couldn't I put something on good? You know, <laughs> but I think we put on some fairly good stuff. Oh well, we'll put we'll have to yeah make sure. Well, the that dressmaker wasn't picked by either of us. Certainly wouldn't have been picked by me. No. no. Um, but if you have any movies you'd like us to review, let us know. Yep. Awesome. We're done. Hooray. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>